Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Family Revolution. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, September 28th in the year 2023. And again, I'm going to be broadcasting with the Resistance Chicks all week. It's fantastic. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Scott Kisserson. How are you? I'm very well. I'm getting ready to email this link to your parents. Oh, please do. That's awesome. Okay. And so, actually, I've got to tell you, it is so cool because where their studio is, I have the coolest Airbnb, like right down the road, literally about five minutes walk. You were thinking like you were in the Hamptons or something. Right? Isn't it nice? Yeah, it's awesome. It's fantastic. It's like there's a lake there. You can go fishing. You could. You totally could. And they're friends of ours, by the way, who are spirit-filled and... Like super God people. That's totally cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely love that. Okay, so before we get going tonight, we have to address that looming issue of our fiat currency that's collapsing. We need to get your money out of those retirement savings accounts. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have to remind you. I'm, I'm not an investment advisor. Don't wear a white coat. Don't play a doctor or an investment advisor on TV. So I'm giving you my opinion. So do your research there. I feel better about that now. That was good. Yeah, thanks. So we're going to... Uh, we're going to, you need to get your money out of those retirement accounts that are backed, that are paper backed. And we want to get you into something precious metals, which is stable and will endure time. And you won't have a problem and the risk of a collapsing economy. And that's why you have Birch Gold. So if you text BARDS, B A R D S, to 989898, that's BARDS, B A R D S, to 989898, and you, you will receive an info packet, which is a good way to start because it'll give you an opportunity to read about Birch Gold, get inform- informed on what they have to offer. And they're the experts in the field. They've been with us for about a year. They do great work. They support, they've supported Bars Nation brilliantly. And it gets you ahead of the curve so that you're not being caught short when they try to sink everything. And, you know, this, it's probably going to be a slow sink anyway because they're slowly eroding things down so that it, finally we get so much high inflation you can't afford anything and then your, your money's worth nothing. And it's ultimately a trap with your money in the IRA, in the current fiat IRAs, 401k stuff. So get hold of Birch Gold. Hit Bards, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. You're going to get a free info packet. That gives you ability to start engaging them, learning, and getting yourself in good position. Okay, pretty good. Go get it. Yeah, right now. Do it today. Go in and get it. It will. All right. I'm gonna. We're gonna start something just right up the front. Tonight's show is family revolution, and we did a little bit of this on the. We're gonna start a revolution. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's Michelle. Sorry. You have a you have a great voice. Thank you. Yeah. You didn't you sing? You sang. Yes, you did. Sunday morning sermon. Did I? Yeah, you did. You led. Um, Amazing grace. Amazing grace. That was beautiful, by the way. Thank you. It was awesome. So really, really good. All right, so um, these shows just right this week have been different, and I'm just because I got some emails today. 
You know, they're like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm like, okay. Let me lay this out. Look, can I do this? Oh, oh, please go right at it. Are you ready? For everybody wondering, let me tell you what has happened. Because there, there are people that are, that are thinking this is what's going on. So right. I'm just going to confirm it. Oh, go. The resistance chicks are taking over Bard's Nation. <laughs> Scott Kesterson will soon be stepping down. Um, and we will take over the world. Oh, that's good. Okay. If, if you believe that. Right. You, we have a piece of, of literally beautiful swamp land in the middle of Tucson. Right. For $300,000 an acre. <laughs> or, or wait, better yet, we have a giant worm. Right. Connection into your brain. Oh, that's Elon Musk, man. Right. That's, that's like Neuralink. Yeah. Neuralink. So tonight's show is going to be long, by the way. So buckle up. We did a, man, we did three and a half hours last night. Yeah, it was really good. It was awesome. And we're going to, I guarantee it's going to go long tonight. So let's just look at it this way. If you are up, if you're on the Pacific side, yeah. we'll put you to bed. Right. If you're on the East Coast, we'll keep you up. <laughs> <laughs> We're already planning it. Here's the deal. We've been say we have been so in it. Yeah, totally. And what is it? it the the Holy Spirit. Just coming out of Bar's Fest, this was the best possible place in the world to be. Yeah, really. I want to make everybody jealous because we've had like Bar's Fest two, three, four, five. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> so we've been great. doing phone calls. We've been doing phone calls with Pastor Brian and Alicia. Yep. I talked to Brad Cummings the other day. Uh, we talked to Corey Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, you and Lee and I talked to Jason Heidinger and. John and Stacy Barnes and Samantha Lindell. And don't that forget was, Ryan and his family. And Ryan and his, oh my gosh, Ryan and Angie, the Howard family. Yeah, they were all baptized. Oh my all, gosh. All baptized. And baptized by fire. Yeah, and baptized by fire. There you go. Fire of the Holy and Spirit. And Leah did some inner healing with Ryan mm-hmm. today, which was super awesome. Just, and God's moving in their lives. It's like, it's it's fantastic. I can't even, and, and Ryan and Angie, if you're listening, Leah came down and she was so excited about the conversation that she had with you when Scott and I had to step away. Um, and just was like overwhelmed every encounter you, you need to know this guys, when we have an encounter with you and you allow us to pray with you, like it, it fires us up to no end. Oh, it's outstanding. It's It's not just you're on the receiving end. Yeah. It's actually purely selfish. So it's like that young girl. (laughs) I I kind of told the story yesterday. I don't know if we're caught caught because I mean, that was a long show. Right. But I did the uh, arc encounter on the way up here. If you haven't seen that, by the way. That is like so awesome. It it's is really a, great. It is a full size re- recreation of the Ark, Noah's Ark, done to as much archaeological and historical detail as they possibly can. It's mind blowing, by the way. Not only in scale and scope, but the, but the what I would just say, like, um, it's fundamental technologies, is what yeah. it is. The fundamental technologies of like how they purified water, how they how they kept the animals. It's it's amazingly well researched. They did a great job, and it's huge, by the way huge three floors so i did that and then on the way out god's like go heal that girl so i just walked up to the family she had an an oxygen she's about 12 years old she has an oxygen thing in her nose and i just put my hand on her and just started praying for her and the family i just asked the family i said can i can i pray for your daughter and they're like yes wow it was awesome i know she's healed yeah 100 percent. that's gonna be great we're talking of healing we're gonna start there tonight oh (laughs) let's go okay here we go no, seriously, tonight's episode, and I, I want you guys to take the time to go ahead and share this one, whether you're watching on Resistance Chicks Rumble or Facebook or listening on Podbean. This is going to be the episode to beat all Bard's episodes. I think we'll get close. Right? Yeah. Because this is going to to, to go very, very deep, mm-hmm. not just in wounds, but in where we are at in society right now and how we fix it. The, it 
we've been trying to throw darts at a dartboard. We've been trying to do everything that we possibly can to fix these plagues on society, but we haven't been going at the right things. And tonight we're going to go at the right things. And tonight I'm dedicating the show to my brother, Jim Conley. No. Oh, your brother, brother. That's right. Tomorrow's was going to be Jim. Tomorrow's a Jim. Tonight I'm dedicating it to Todd. Yeah. Todd, we're going to bring you home. Amen. Okay. So prodigals. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. This is time. All right. So let's, let's kick it. Shall we? Yeah. Last night, um, we were up late and, um, we were up to like three. Yep. All of us hanging out, chatting. And my mom. And your mom. And like, your mom was up later than me because I was falling asleep on the couch. You were, yeah. And before I then I had to stumble back to the AKA Airbnb. Patriot Gallery. <laughs> and we had the Kansas Cowboy, which we've been referring to him as that for a really long time, but we're just going to start calling him Matt. So you guys are going to have to get used to that. Yep. It's pretty good. So here, here's um, where we started. We, as I was leaving, and Michelle and I were, and Leah were walking out, and I was going to jump in the Jeep and drive. Two you're, minutes. You're two seconds away. Yeah, yeah, my two minutes, literally. Leah does a really nice prayer. And I mean out of nowhere. <laughs> I'll tell you. And Michelle will tell you. I just got raged. This is a prayer. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to be It was clear. a really good prayer. It was a beautiful prayer. And I just started getting angry. And I started to get like hyper. I like, just felt like I had to run. Right. And then you just have these dark thoughts of like just the worst of dark thoughts were coming in your mind. And I could feel it because yeah. I was standing next to you and Lee was on the other side of the fence and I just put my hand on your shoulder. Yeah. And we started praying. So I, I went back and just was totally unsettled. Now, this so we say this, this is what, this is telltale for deliverance, just so we talk about it, because this is something that, I mean, obviously something's cooking and I knew what it was. So, um... I went back that night. I called you when I got back. I mean, I get back. I mean, I'm two minutes down the road and I call you on the phone. And so we pray again. Right. Right. You were, you were really agitated. Very, very unsettled would be the term. And so I, I mean, I'm, I'm seriously unsettled and I've, I have not had this before to where literally it's like, I, there was such a feeling of wanting to get in the Jeep and just drive away. Right. And then just all sorts of other convoluted nonsense. Which we talked about on the show this morning. You guys can watch this yeah. morning's show. So it's true. So, I mean, all this is happening. And, and so, obviously, I'm pretty aware that, like, this is, this is like, the voice of the demons. I mean, and I say that loosely. I mean, this is literally how the, the fight, the war is going on in your head, and there's something that has to be separate, right. separated. Yeah. So, we came in this morning, and... Um, I came in and Michelle's first thing is like walls down, you know, like, I, cause I've oh, got shields. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. It was so, and here's the thing, Scott Kesserson, I have your number <laughs> because it, I've been there, right? You yeah. know, and you literally, you weren't shooting death daggers at me per se, <laughs> per se, but they were, it was more like, it was a literal wall. Like, okay. It was like this. So it was, like yesterday we're all happy go lucky and open and everything's fine. And then today it was just like, I am a closed book and you're not opening me at all. And so as soon as I said walls down, you're like, Oh, here's my open book. Like you literally like was like, a, you were like a dog that turned your belly over instantly. Practically actually <laughs> it snapped you out of the, like it that. Did. It was good. So we did a great show this morning, which was, was great. Yeah, it was so a little after. All right. So we spent a lot of time together this morning, talking, praying, yeah, Leah, literally at this table. So after the show was over, yeah. 
Leah had been on the phone, I think, with Pastor Brian and Alicia. Exactly. Praying. They had been praying while we were doing the show, which is why the show turned out as well as it did. Yep. And then Leah came and Leah sat right here and Scott sat right here and we sat here for four hours. So this, let me just lay out what... I think what, it was three actually, but four, if we start from nine o'clock to the show, it was from nine until like one thirty. And this is when, when we talk about being released in, in what we call deliverance. Because I'm saying this because I've been getting some emails where people are like, I don't think this is a good way to go. Okay, I, I'm going to just nip that one in the tail. This is how God is leading this ministry. And Bards FM, Bards Nation, I will officially say tonight, is a deliverance and healing ministry. Okay? There's no, I mean, it's just, that's it. That's how it's been led. We're teamed with Glad Tidings Church. They're a deliverance and healing ministry. And we're teaming in the, in the, in the threes with Resistance Nation, which is a healing and deliverance ministry. This is where God's leading us. Okay? So that means setting people free, setting yourself yeah. free to be deeper within the Holy Spirit. And to bring the kingdom of God. Like, literally, we, we are called to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. That is our job. And we cannot do that if we are broken. Correct. And if you weren't at Bards Fest or didn't watch Bards Fest online, then you're probably going like, what does that mean? So the deal is, if you haven't watched it online, go watch it. And if you were there, you know exactly what I'm talking about and right. how powerful this is. I okay. would be curious to see how many people left Bards Fest and felt like, meh. You know uh, what like I mean? Zero. Like <laughs> How about zero? Zero. And the other thing is, what's amazing, though, when you talk about the meh, what we're getting reports is of people that are like, meh, for the life that they went back to. Yeah, right? Like, they are so dissatisfied. There are people that are, they're, they're going home and they're like, I can't live like this anymore because I have now tasted heaven. Correct. And that's really true. So, one of the big things at Bards Fest, which was so impactive on me, was watching the healing of families. So, here we go. Patriots, I have a brother that I love very deeply. And there was a damage done very early in my life that as an older brother, I didn't protect him from. And the damage has been lifelong and affected our family, okay? And where this came from, and I, and I want you to hear this because this is well before the age of digital. So we're going somewhere tonight. In my neighborhood, there was a, we lived in a house, a really nice house, and my parents were also, my dad was also building a second house up the hill at a pump house on the up and down the hill. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy that worked for the water company. You've heard me tell this story a bit before, but I need to get into it a bit tonight. And he would leave notes and he would leave pornography for the kids at the bus. And he would leave, and so I, I looked at the pornography. And it affected me. That was the purpose for him doing that. Correct. And here's the thing. That, that, it was a trap. That influence came into our home, and it affected my relationship with my brother. And instead of being an older brother, he got damaged. And this has waited on me for years because there's a heavy guilt that you carry for this, especially when you are supposed to be the protector of your younger brother. Right. And this is what we worked on today, which is so important, is that it's the guilt is something that this is exactly, excuse me, this is exactly what groomers do. And unfortunately, as I've carried a guilt as a young man, young boy, the guilt really goes to the one who planted the material. Right. This led to a cascade of events across years. It damaged our family, and it's something I've carried on my heart for years. 
it resulted in a incredibly stupid decision when I, because I wanted to run away and it was, I wanted to get away. My dad and I conflicted. I love my dad. I, my dad and I conflicted and I, he told me not to marry a person. I didn't listen. I married him. We were like, we became, instead of father, son, we became acid and water. We were separated for 10 years, not talking. And by the grace of God, my mother one day called and built the bridge again. She was the healer, the nurturer. And I came home and my dad and I worked through things. But this all started with a few porn images, okay? When I was about roughly 10 or 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And I've walked this back. And you know, I'm, I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm not, I, I hate regressive therapies, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna be, and it's one of these things, it's like in the regressive therapies, they always want to blame the parents. There's no blame here, okay? Because the agent of destruction came from a pedophile that was leaving material and exposing myself and others to this material that's extremely destructive emotionally and you don't know how to process it as a young man. Right. Today, for the first time in my life, thanks to, and I'm so deeply indebted and blessed to have Michelle and Leah in my life, and I truly mean this, this is not something I knew when I met them. I've known since we've got to know each other since Bard's Fest 1 that they were the ones that be, would be able to work with me to get this out. When you say get it out, though, this is really important for you guys to understand because tonight I want you guys to come as vulnerable as you possibly can. Getting it out is acknowledging the things that have we have done in the past and have been done to us and not just sweeping them under the rug because we keep these things buried and they fester. And they fester in a big way because guilt wears us down. Yeah. Um, this affected my life across years. Now I had a, to show you, you know, community is what we need to have when we get through these things. And, um, I'm very blessed to have amazing people around me. Right. I have these two ladies in my life, Leah will be in here in a bit, that literally are, are you're my sisters. And we had some hard conversations today. And there were some things that had to be discussed that very personal, that had to be let out. But these are people that led me through a process along with Brian and Alicia from Glad Tidings Church, Corey Terry, who you've come to know at Bars Fest, gave me a call this afternoon, and he just said, brother, whatever it is, you need to understand we are with you, and we'll walk you with this. And, I, and this is what I'm talking about. We talk about people that love you mm -hmm. and care about you. Um, the guilt for me is that not only did I not protect my brother, but the damage that came out of this in my heart of hearts, and I'm pretty sure is what was the stimulus for what he became bipolar in his life. Mm -hmm. And it has caused a rift in our family, which as has one I've carried on my heart. Right. Where I've had to take a step back is to realize, and this is why I'm really zeroing in on this tonight. So if you're all are wondering ultimately why I have such an absolute fury for pornography 
and for pedophiles. It's because a handful of images wrecked, not wrecked, but racked our family. Right. And my parents are some of the most loving people you could ever have. And they, for all they've done, this isn't something that you can necessarily control because we don't have the capacities within our society to do what we did today. Yeah. So back to, I'm, I'm going to step back a minute. If you're wondering, I'm thinking of one particular text today where somebody literally accused me of not being doctrinal. And I'm just going to say, go pray because here's the deal. I know where I'm sitting right now in this path and why God put me here to create a ministry in Bar's Nation of deliverance and healing. Well, because that status, that sentence, um, essentially someone was saying when, when you're, I'm paraphrasing here, but talking about speaking in tongues or the gifts of the spirit or all of that, that that's not doctrinal. First of all, that person doesn't know Bible and that's okay. You just don't. Second of all, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And this past week, we saw almost 100 baptisms by water. Um, I would, a guesstimate of at least 200 to 250 people baptized by fire with deliverance, with, with, with literally being set free and coming out as completely different persons, people, excuse me, that, that you could see visibly on their faces and everything about them that they were not the same. We saw physical healings. We saw a woman come out of a wheelchair. There were, there were literal healings here. So you cannot deny the fruit of where this is going. And just speaking for my own experience, since we've gotten home from Bard's Fest, we still, and you guys hear us say this over and over again, I'm just going to keep saying it until it's not true. We (laughs) haven't been sleeping. I finally ate some this afternoon, ate a little bit last night. We haven't been eating very much. We've just been, because every second of the day, all the way into the evening is being taken up of time where people are calling. We're walking them through just inner healing prophecies, uh, words of wisdom, getting people filled with the Holy ghost, getting people saved in other countries. I mean, this is next level stuff. So you can come at me and tell me that what we're doing is not doctrinal all day long, but that would be like saying, Hey, the sun's shining and it's actually dark out because I can see it just because you're not able to see it. I'm sorry. And I'm going to pray that your eyes are opened, but we're living it. And everybody that walked away from Bards Fest, you can say it's not doctrinal, but everybody that walked away from Bards Fest is going, my life is never going to be the same and it's for the better. And so right there is the perfect segue. Okay. I'm going to speak to parents of this day and I want you to hear this. You have opened the portals of hell into your house. Yeah. You have allowed cell phones in your children's hands. You have allowed tablets in your children's hands. And you naively think that if you put parental blockers or other things that you can control the access to what your children will see. A few images in my life that were from before digital time ended up changing the direction of two brothers. We don't talk. There's damage that's been done. And I, I truly want my brother healed. And I want him healed and I want him to be able to come home in a way that is as it should be. I want you to start thinking about the responsibility that you're, you have to protecting your children in home. We have become dependent on a technology 
that is centered around corrupting the soul and the spirit. And at the center of this is it's destroying the families. And whether the seeds are now or in the future, the seeds are being set now to destroy it in the future. And I'm, you're talking to about somebody who had that stripped from him because of a pedophile that was leaving images as an ambush. And this can't be anymore. Okay? Now, there's nothing that could have been done. I'm, I shouldn't say nothing. Maybe there's something that could have been done. But that's irrelevant. It's water under the bridge. And so as I prayed on this today a lot, and I worked through a lot today, and it was a heavy day because it's been years. I'm 50. I think I'm 58. I hope I'm right. <laughs> yes, I'm 58. I had to do a quick math. 58. And this is an incident that's been carrying on my heart for over 40 years. And it took that long for it to come to the surface, to be able to be worked with, to pray on it, to break the soul ties on it, which is extremely critical. And to be able to literally set myself free from the burden of guilt, which wasn't mine to begin with. The guilt came because someone used me in a mechanism to just try to destroy me in a sense, spiritually traffic me and weaponize me into my family. And that's the horrific part of this is that that's what pornography does. Images set in your children's mind will shape them forever. It diminishes their intimacy. It destroys their vulnerability. It turns them into weaponized tools for Satan himself. And ultimately what we don't acknowledge enough is that behind all of this isn't even the person. It's truly the forces of demons. And that's a, that's a language now we're having to come to accept because it's out of the church and yet it should be at the center of the church. The demonic forces behind here are real. And the agents in play here are real and they're targeting children. And even our, even our sense of like children choosing, so to speak, to become sex, you know, change their gender. We have to start backing off on this because they're too young to even know. It's the groomers. It's the people behind that. And it's the spiritual forces behind all of this that's causing this. I, I pray for my brother. He's doing great. He's an amazing father. He has um, built an amazing life. But it's difficult. There's no healing between us. And there's a difficulty in my family, and we can't get together. So you can understand that in a family of four, it always becomes three and three. And I don't have, I've had my issues of anger towards this because it's misdirected and as, and as misdirected anger, which is unjust. Then we go through the process of, I shouldn't blame him. And then I blame myself. I'm giving you this because I want you to understand what a few images did in my life. And kids now are being inundated with sexual imagery in these cell phones and tablets. So I, I'm going to put this out to every parent right here. 
I originally was going to call this show tonight Black Mirror because the phones are black mirrors. That's, that's a satanic concept of bringing demons into your home. And, and here's what I'm going to tell you. If you think for a second as a parent that you're doing your child a service by giving them a cell phone, by giving them a tablet, by getting them to do unsupervised work on any of those categories, you're losing your mind. You're turning your child into a, into a groomed target and you do not have the control you think. I don't care who you are. The sexual imagery online, the ability for kids to access this is off the chain. And now it's like a 12-year-old boy, there's like 80% of children 12 years old have already viewed hardcore porn. They're, and right now, this whole concept, when we talk about porn addictions and we talk about healing in the deliverance way, which is a spiritual healing of the soul, this concept is so foreign, and that testimony that I, or testimony, this text I got tonight about how it's not doctrinal, that even makes me even angry because the tools that can be used to literally, hi, Leah. Hey. Leah's coming in. Coming in. Okay. I love this lady. Leah, thank you for today. Thank you for today. We, uh, you, no, no, like legit, thank you for today. This is powerful. I don't even know if we've, we've got to any punchlines yet. Okay. And we so, have to get Bella in her spot. We, I just Scott. did that. I just did the testimony of this morning. Okay. Okay. Um, Come on, I think Bella needs Scott. I've got a dog between my legs. Scott you don't see it. Scott is being overwhelmed by dogs today. <laughs> All right. And so we'll come back to that in a second. Okay. No, we'll come back to what I was saying. All right, Patriots, I've got a full confession here. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be such a hard one to do. This is worse than, this is almost worse than deliverance. Okay. You know how I feel about small dogs. <laughs> Especially. Especially chihuahuas. chihuahuas. Do you know what I walked today? <laughs> I walked a chihuahua on a leash. <laughs> and I was talking to it, by the way, too. You did. You were talking I was legit trying to get this chihuahua to stop peeing everywhere because it didn't have any more pee to do. And it was stopping everywhere and every leaf trying to wet it. And I was like, come on, chihuahua, stop. So, all right, full confession. I got that off my chest. That won't that won't give me any, any guilt later on. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. So Patriots, I want to, I really want to zero in on this. And parents, I want you to hear me. You can love your kids all you want. Mm -hmm. You can hug them, love them. If you are allowing your child access right now at this particular moment in time to the web, and I know this is going to sound tough, but to having a cell phone or, or a, a tablet. Your children are already looking at porn. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they already okay? are. And yeah. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your vision is. Yeah. They're already looking at porn. A few images racked my family. Yeah. They're getting, they're taking an ingestion of this and they're going to be screwed up for life. It's going to affect. You're going to have incestual sexual issues in your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guarantee it. That's not even a question. Yeah. Okay. You are going to give, your children are going to do this because it's what, it's what porn does. Yeah. And in the process of, you are going to end up with your children. Hold on a second. We're about to lose power. <laughs> Bailey just stepped on the cord. All right, dog's free. Dog was in the cord. It was like an ambush. Okay, so here's. <laughs> I just know that God is all over having these dogs. Yeah, it's pretty around. good. So I'm telling you this testimony because we love children. Yeah. 
and we, we want families to be restored. Yeah. And there's a couple of levels of this as we move through tonight, but this is where we're starting. Yeah. Get rid of the phones. Yeah. Get rid of the tablets. Your children are going to throw a fit. Big deal. I mean, yeah. it's like pray on it. We'll, we'll pray on it for you. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do whatever. But you have to put your foot down to understand that what you're doing in trying to give them a digital world is you're exposing them to the most destructive force in their innocence and their soul. Yeah. And it's going to be stained for life. Yeah. In one form or another. I, I have... <sighs> I've had two marriages in a relationship, all of them racked and destroyed ultimately because of that one node in my life. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you this honestly, because it destroyed my principle of understanding what a relationship is. Right. Relationships, rather than being blessed by God and a foundation of intimacy, became driven by sex. Mm -hmm. And once you start to make decisions driven by sex, you're not making a decision for a relationship, you're making a decision based on the flesh and pleasure. The ripple effect on my life is real. And the consequences and the scarring is real. I, I left the family for 10 years. That additionally another wound for my brother. It was a very difficult wound for my parents to endure. And yet, because they are who they are, because they provide infinite love, and they do. My dad and my mom had me back when the time was right. When they, my mom called, they wanted me back anytime. But my fi- mom finally broke through, and I came home. My dad and I worked together, and that's what the healing was, by the way. We worked in construction in his business together for almost a it was about a year. And we had some tough conversations, tears, hugs, but we worked through the differences. And today I am so deeply blessed to know that we live in the same house, and I will make sure for the rest of their lives they will always be taken care of. It's because the love I have for them and has been built over fire and driven now by the loving God and the, and the, and the Holy Spirit is, has managed to heal me from a long time and it's healing us as a family. But when you're a parent and your, your child is now at that critical moment where it's the most vulnerable, where the attack is the most extreme, ask yourself a question. Why would you throw your child into that gauntlet? Mm. This is an insane situation here that people are not paying attention to because the child wants to be up with the Joneses. They want to be able to have the latest app. They want to do the cool things. Stop. I, I'm literally making a statement here. Stop. Because all of this is the root of a long-term destruction of the family and a long-term destruction of the spiritual innocence yeah. of the world. Yeah. Leah? One of the words I think that the Lord gave me was um, people are consuming one another rather than loving one another. And I think what you were talking about is that I think it puts it in a different perspective when you're saying because of your um, exposure to pornography that love became lust. Yes. And the Lord really just broke that down. What does that mean? It means that... What they're doing to children in schools and and how they're teaching them about um, sexuality is that they're teaching them that they need something like food and to go and find another person who is willing to be eaten by them and consumed by them. And that's what the whole idea of consent is about. Because if you're loving someone, you're actually giving them a gift. And I think that that's the whole focus of this episode tonight is about 
love mm-hmm. and sexual relationship should be about giving a gift and receiving a gift. And if either party does not feel like they are in a giving and receiving relationship, then it's a consuming thing and it's and it's lust. Then it is diabolical in the eyes of the father. And in the reality of how it plays out. Yeah. I think that's the other part is that we're not going to go as deep as we will. But we are going to step a toe into your bedroom tonight. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's literally, it's the principle of motivation of what Father gave us as a way to be together. There is the purity of marriage, which has been thrown out the window thanks to the 60s sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, anymore. That's, speaking of which, though, that's why we titled today's show The Family Revolution. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. It's the complete opposite of the sexual revolution. Yeah. We're un winding that yeah yeah and that's exactly right because we're trying to restore what leo is just hitting on we have to get back to the purity of love yeah and the purity of love has it's not based in the physical mm-hmm. a marriage is built ultimately and look i'm talking this <laughs> if you want to talk about me walking this i would get an f <laughs> okay but i've fathers rebuilt me and redirected me and taught me now about the love of a plane of spiritual. And that's through Christ in the body. Yeah. It's not through our lust in the yeah. heart to get in bed, to be blunt. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, Rhonda Miller gave a really powerful presentation um, about Alfred Kinsey. And um, she actually gave us this book by Audrey Warner, and it's 10 tips on how not to talk to your kids about sex. And in it has a lot of really good research about how we went from a very moral society. And this actually goes to Jaron Jackson's teaching on common law. And we were discussing this today on how prior to Alfred Kinsey, common law, which is basically the laws of nature and nature's God, makes certain acts illegal. So there are certain acts like sodomy prior to Alfred Kinsey was illegal in marriage, cohabitation was illegal. Adultery was actually illegal. And what's so profound is that the knowledge of this since the 1950s and 60s has been so ingrained that even to say that sodomy should be illegal, which was common law, if we want to go back to common law, is so, they, let me say this, the public schools have done a very good job. Let me explain to you guys why sodomy would be illegal. Even in the bedroom. Yeah. Okay. This is really, really important. All right. Because it used to be that we understood in society that when you start off on any sexual deviancy, Mm -hmm. it will end up in the molestation and pedophilia of children. Yeah. That is why it was illegal. Yeah. And that goes to the same thing for cohabitation. Mm -hmm. Right. All of these things that were illegal that now are totally legal and accepted, like don't get in Mm -hmm. my bedroom, you can't tell me what Mm -hmm. I can and cannot do. When you understand that where it leads in society is the destruction of actual children, that's why it was illegal. Yeah, and the rise of serial killers, the rise of serial rapists, everything like the, the demons in the hell were all unleashed. And this goes to having a conversation with um, Brian and Alicia of the Church of Glad Tidings. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Dave there became kind of well-known because he did some demonic deliverance 
on Anton LaVey's daughter. And I know a lot of people may not know that name, but you should know that name. He wrote the Satanic Bible. Yes. And at the time of Anton LaVey, you had a man named Aliester Crowley. And he took the idea of the end times that he was taught, and he wanted to be the Antichrist. He wanted to be the wickedest man in the world, and he desired for Satan to choose him. So he went about on this crazy sexual deviancy. And what's very interesting is right all around the same time, what the Lord was showing me was that these, these men were doing these satanic ritual acts to unleash a horde of demonic sexual beings upon the hearts and the minds of the children. And if you were born in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and on, you are now born into a world that has unleashed the bowels of hell to destroy the very purpose of God's creation, which is that we would be fruitful and multiply and that God's kingdom would be filled with children. Oh, I'm going to do it. Okay. Mm. We're going to continue with this, but I want to hit something. We've been talking about this all day. I've been praying on it. This is a wild one. Here we go. Okay. Uh-huh. 60th revolution introduced birth control. Mm-hmm. And, and I was praying on this today, and this is what God shows. You see, it's never been about, and use, I'm going to use women collectively tonight. Yeah. Just hear me. This is metaphorically, you are Eve. Yeah. And collectively men. You are Adam. This is for tonight's talk, okay? Or for this example, anyway. Birth control was introduced in the 60s like the apple to Eve. Mm -hmm. But the target has always been Adam. Mm -hmm. And so what has evolved out of this, because ultimately, as we will discuss more in a minute with eugenics and Margaret Stanger Mm -hmm. and all this insanity, was to destroy the fertility of the man. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to porn and we go back to the legacy of what it does and it devalues your purpose. Mm -hmm. And as a man, which I am, believe it or not, yeah, I do. There's no question here, trust me. I am a man and over this time of span, the idea of having kids became an option. Mm. And sex in a relationship became the primary. So the relationship wasn't about prospering for kingdom and having children. It became for pleasure of the flesh. Yeah. I've told you I'm going to be candid tonight. So you're learning all about me, whether you wanted to or not. And like your kids are probably going, what? So whatever, you'll Mm -hmm. get over it because it's all for the betterment of the family. Men, I'm going to talk to you right now. So listen, I made a choice along the way, which I think many men make, which is to have a vasectomy. And what I've really done is I've stepped away from the principle of why God created me. Ha <laughs> ha. And God created me to build a kingdom and prosper. Boom. Now at at Varsfest, we had Pastor Paul Cantrell, which by the way, <laughs> he is now they have ten children and a new one on the way. Woo. And I love Paul because he does walk in the Holy Spirit. And he does walk truly in his authority as a man in this world. Yeah, he's. I don't think you can get more manly looking than Paul when he's walking around with his ten kids. And, <laughs> and I'm and I'm looking at families that are growing and prospering, and and this is where a lot of this comes from. Because I'm just giving you an honest testimony through a lot of prayers and a lot of work that we've done over the last few days. And it's honest, honest conversations that we've had here, and these are honest conversations. If I get that as deep as you can, 
So here's the deal. Once a man has a vasectomy, what you're doing is you're you're just seeking to have the 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 relationship you're in at this point transitions. Mm. And rather than being one of the natural evolution of things, what we're doing is the, is the idea is the man is treating fulfilled through the functions of sex as a flesh fulfillment. And that's not as the relationship is God intended because we're supposed to be built in the spirit first and supposed to be loving each other in the spirit, which I can honestly tell you this. My parents have been married for over 60 years. It does not happen by accident. It's because they love each other in the spirit. Mm. And this is how, and I, I'm reminded of this every day that I'm there. Every morning I come up and share coffee and we do the morning brief. And every morning I watch them smiling and talking about something new. And I say mm. to myself, that's amazing to me. Yeah. That after 60 years, they still enjoy having a conversation and a cup of coffee together every day. Yeah. See, that's blessed. That's that's a relationship blessed by God. Mm-hmm. And I've made my choices. I'm where I'm at. So as I'm moving through this and I'm praying on this, God says, you need to make a decision. And now this is before you to lead rather than, and to change. I said, okay, Lord, what does this look like? And in fairness, this began with a conversation that Michelle and I had on the way up, which is exactly what I'm going to talk to you about right now. Man, we've got to retake this territory because Mm. as we're going to lead in this world, we can't be leading by taking away the principal issue of what God gave us, which is the ability to literally carry the seed to expand the world. Mm -hmm. And as much as it might be nice to say, well, I did that so we won't have more kids. Honestly, to be very blunt, that's never been our choice. It's been the choice, that, and people will say, well, it's economics, it's this. If we're living truly with God, it isn't our choice because God wants the children to come into this earth. Come on. And that's our role. Life and death are in the hands of the Lord. Right. Life. And so what we're doing, which is beautiful, thank you, as men, if you take a choice to have a vasectomy, you're choosing the, t- the decision of God's role. Of, and of death. And of death. So I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this very public because I'm stepping into something that I never thought I'd do. And I want to be clear about this. <laughs> it has, there is nobody in my life. I'm being clear about this. Absolutely. We have an amazing relationship as brother and sister. Let's I, get this very clear. Yeah, I need to because when I'm going One here, more time, Kester. Okay. For the people in the back. Yeah, there you go. Okay, now I've got it. Okay. I have nobody in my life. I have nothing on the horizon. I have no plans. But God has said, do this. So I said, I will obey. So I'm literally going to go through a reverse vasectomy. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because of what it represents. Mm -hmm. We have to restore the principle of what the role of the man is. And in so doing, we have to establish that our role here is not to be pursuing the pleasures of the flesh, but to be building, prospering, and expanding. And that has to be. And so I, I say all that because there's no end game other than what the Lord wants. Yeah. <clears throat> there isn't like some sudden arrival in my life going, oops, I made a mistake. There's none of that like that, though I did. The principal issue is to lead into a mm-hmm. space yeah. and to hopefully show that by example of this, men, we have to do the same. Yeah. It's a process as well of repentance mm-hmm. in fulfillment by, my, by action which has to be done because if we are going to restore this land, Mm -hmm. 
If we are going to reclaim this earth and make it truly kingdom on earth, we have to reset things as God intended. And that is men were designed to build and prosper and expand. They were not designed to sit, find pleasure and personal fulfillment through the flesh. So um, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, called Margaret Sanger a she-devil in 1921 for her promotion of birth control. But by 1963, Alfred Kinsey had done so much to destroy the psyche of Americans. The Protestants, even the conservative denominations, were on board with the limitation of family size based on Alfred Kinsey's and Margaret Sanger's work. In 1964, for example, the same conservative denomination that had denounced birth control so forcefully before, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod made an official announcement permitting its use. Many denominations did not record the change of position in official church documents, but it can be seen in the change of teachings as well as the record of birth rates among clergy and church members. Prior to 1965, it was actually illegal for married couples to use contraception in America. That's very interesting. Until what year? Till 1965. And then um, seven years after the Supreme Court struck down all of the Christian laws against birth control use for married couples, in 1972, the Supreme Court made birth control use legal for unmarried couples because birth control was actually illegal longer for unmarried people. Interesting. And these are common laws. So again, Jaron Jackson's doing common law. Right. And this is stuff that we have to unlearn. If we're going to unlearn the the system that we're in, we have to relearn God's common law. And the laws of nature, nature's God show us that through the word of God, we can see that there's never an incidence at all in the Bible where anyone in the Bible desired not to have a child. And what we see is the main purpose or to, limit. or to limit children but what we do see is often when these women become main characters we see it's because of the blessing or the desire for children and you have to throw away the entire biblical principle of sowing and reaping of seed time and harvest and of malachi which why did god make two one to create a godly seed and before this time, when you were reading the Bible, most Americans don't read the Bible. And when you actually read it from beginning to end and you, you see the stories and you hear Sarah begging God for children and you see Rachel and Leah, which God, one wife, okay, um, Rachel and Leah like fighting to have more children. And you see God tell Abraham, your children will be as a, the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. Something went terribly wrong and we have to understand that we have been brainwashed and you said something the um um and i'm going to pull a brad cummings brad cummings i love this man but if you say something in a, and it's kind of like a negative confession it hurts him and so he will correct you and it's just, it, it's and it's beautiful and so you said something on a series of of bad choices or your choices and i would say they weren't your choices. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that your choice was not, was taken from you. And not all your choices were laid before, you know, we talk about with, yeah. with COVID-19, 
we we on the truther side we're always talking about informed consent mm-hmm. scott when you had this vasectomy you were not given informed consent what's more when you looked at the pornography you were not given informed consent you were children given a list cannot of side have effects. you were not given a list of side effects of repercussions there you go this is really important it is no it's absolutely true and i think this is what what we're talking about here the core of this is it when we've taken away that role and we this is all part of demasculating the male anyway yeah now that part isn't i mean i would be honest it doesn't that's not a part that affected me but it's all yeah. when you start to mainstream these ideas that yeah. all of this is if you can mainstream vasectomies you're man, you're also mainstreaming abortion yeah you're mainstreaming abortion i think christians they um they often stop at at one spot but they don't recognize the the creation of why you're created and I think that we have a whole generation of young people that do not understand who they are, why why they were created. That's good. And that's why you have the end of birth control. And we call it this. So we did a whole episode. And I, I, I highly recommend all of you watch three episodes. Margaret Sanger, Eugenics, and what we call population control. Mm-hmm. And so when you recognize that population control comes out of the demonic idea of eugenics. And eugenics is that you can breed people and you can't the breed way that better would, people. Like the way animal. you would breed an animal. So if somebody had an alcoholic father, then you would sterilize them or you would make sure that they could not have any children. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes away the sovereignty of God. It takes for, forgiveness away. And so when you go back to the origins of the Margaret Sangers who were going against the common law and Christianity, who did call her the she-devil, there was no birth control, none, before and that was mainstream, before Margaret Sanger took it around, and, and she took it to um, the inner cities, to the prostitutes, and she wanted to eradicate, and they and the devil wanted to eradicate the undesirable. Now, I want to hit on something really quickly, and I want to make sure you guys can hear us, and just let me know on the blue snowball whether you can hear us or not. We had some mic issues earlier. Um, I want it closer to you, Scott, because your voice isn't as loud as ours is. Okay. Um, if you have had a vasectomy, if you have had an abortion, if you have had your tubes tied, or you for any reason whatsoever think that you should limit the number of children that you have, you were the target of MK Ultra mind control yeah. because they didn't want you to have any more children. That's really well said. Because they believe that you are the undesirable and they do not want you to breed more than necessary. Well said. And part of that, by the way, and, and, and it has to go into factor here, integrated in with that mind control is economic warfare. That's good. Yeah. Okay, because what they have done, if you look at the large families, mm-hmm. uh, I, there was a family when I was working in uh, about 1999. I was up in Greenbush, Minnesota. Uh-huh. 20 children. Holy smokes. 20 children. I've and, never and, met that many. And and it was, they were, it's all good. It was just like, that's, here we talk about it. It yeah. was a farm family, traditional, right? Right. So once you go after, when you take the mind control issue, which is the cultural propaganda, Mm -hmm. on the large scale, and you add to that the economic warfare model, and then there's a, as we are learning with all of what you just Mm -hmm. presented, there is a legal lawfare element changing things. From about the 1960s on, 
the war began was waged against the American family to diminish the size, to make yeah. two a standard, to make it yeah. unaffordable for many to have more, right? Yeah. And ultimately to change the laws mm -hmm. that then allowed for more control of the family. And if you look at that transgression or the progression of where we are, yeah. transgression is probably good too. We arrive at this point now where the family is completely blown apart. Yeah. We're now having pornography on high speed flowing into any household that has a cell yeah. phone or has a smartphone or, or a tablet. You have the idea that children having one is ideal and it's a burden and you want to stop any of that. And all you've talked about here is this institution where the worship has gone from God prior to 1950s to where it has increasingly gone to the worship of state and laws, right. which is literally yeah. Romans 18 to 32. He, he turned them over. They ceased to worship the creator. Instead, they worshiped the creature. Yeah. Right. Right. So in 1952, John D. Rockefeller, uh, he's the son of John Jr., the grandson of um, John, established the Population Council to look at population control. Fred Osborne, president of the Eugenic Society, ran the day-to-day -day operations. So you've got seven years after the, even after the Nazi concentration camp, you still have the, the Fords, the Carnegies, the Rockefellers are all about eugenics. But because people caught on to the term, see the devil puts something out and people get disgusted by something. In eugenics, they used to have um, these, the, the model family competitions and they would encourage, the eugenics actually encouraged the um, good breeds, I guess, to breed. When it came to Margaret Sanger, she didn't want anyone Any children. to have children. This woman was demonically possessed. And so you see that you've got the, the it started with the origin of a species with, with Darwinism, with totally racist, by the way. And you see that there were men who decided, let's take utopia into our hands. Let's, let's, let's do, and that's exactly what's so funny is that we, we blame the Nazis, but the Nazis got the idea of the pure race from American eugenics. Yes, they did. It, and let's keep in mind, guys, it was considered, quote, the science. It was considered the science. That's eugenics was the, the science. science. Exactly. Exactly. So Margaret Sanger went even deeper and decided we don't want any children whatsoever. So let's talk about Margaret Sanger for a second earlier, because Scott, and I hope you don't mind me getting a little bit deep in, 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 our, in your healing from earlier, but you had your vasectomy done at a Planned Parenthood. Yes, I did. And we cut the soul tie with Planned Parenthood, because how can you, Scott Kesterson, until you have done this, call out Planned Parenthood for abortion? Well said. Right? If when you, you have used them to cut off your own seed. Yeah, I don't disagree. Right. So this is these are the kinds of steps that if we want to shut down the evils in this world, we're going to have to take into stock the things that we have done. So this is what the this is what the devil does. Um, you know, there were certain people that tried to cast out demons, and they said, "Peter, I know. Paul, I know. But, but who, who are, are you? you?" And so we have a whole church. And I will tell you this, and I know this is a heavy weight. Here it comes. But the church has not been able to stop abortion. Uh-oh. Because they're murdering children too. Fact. They that. are they are they are committing here's the thing. No one is forcing you to have a sexual act. Yeah. Okay, if it's that is not like breathing. Okay. Here stand three celibate people 
in this room. We ate food today. Wasn't wholly necessary. Drank water. Little bit more necessary. <laughs> Air. Right there. Vital. Okay? Sleep. Sleep kinda ne is not, not totally necessary. On the list of things that are necessary for life, oh, sex Michelle, is at the bottom. But when you're married, it's necessary. It is not. Get over it. The Bible <laughs> is not that big a deal. If you got problems, listen, we are to crucify the flesh. But in the marriage, you're allowed to be fully flesh. You are not. And we're going to get into that in other episodes. This is, guys. It's the you're only area where this you're is like, not the first you're episode. Like obese. Exactly. You know, they like, take the scripture that says the marriage belt is holy and, un and undefiled. And, and they make it so that you can do anything. You can look at porn. You can do bestiality. You can do orgies. You can do homosexuality. Acts. You know, homosexual acts. You can do all these hosts of things. Okay. Because the marriage bed is just completely holy and, so, and undefiled. But here's the thing. Lie. This is what you say. If if a farmer goes and he plows a field and he takes the seed and he just throws it to the wayside, there's a spirit of death. Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, can I just take that one? Yeah. <laughs> you can have it. You got it. No, because there are phrases in society that have been totally sullied, you know, and they would take a woman, they would say like, oh, they just plowed right through that woman if they if they had sex with her abusively or whatever, right? They use that word plow. Where does it come from? Because in, in a pure sense, Lee and I have been talking about this stuff for years, guys. Oh, yeah. Nothing I new for resistance chicks, people. Am, it's not the, yeah, it's nothing new for resistance Welcome, Bards Nation. <laughs> <laughs> I am you're getting, a, you're getting baptism a in fruitful fire field. Fruitful okay? Field. Okay? Fine. And man has seed to plant. And if you go and plow your field and throw your seed to the wayside, you are not a farmer. So if you take your bride, who is a fruitful field, and you plow her field and you throw your, your seed to the wayside, you are not a man. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but it's been brainwashed into you. You have to know that these are from these are demonic spirits upon that came upon that America. Love. And will we say that too if you haven't butchered an animal? But Michelle, this is please even tell more us how so. you really feel on Rumble. Thank you, Dem on Hunter. The the point is, I started to cry and mourn when Donald Trump spoke about negotiating between the pro life and the pro death cult about how many weeks we kill children, and we will never. And, and you've, we've seen this. Roe v. Wade was overturned, and now it's to the states, and we're going to stop abortion. And you see all these people saying, well, we don't really want to stop abortion. And we don't really, I mean, five or six weeks, that's too extreme. John or, or Donald Trump said that five or six weeks was a terrible thing that they did. That, that that's too, that is too, that that, that baby is, is not. Too limiting. Yeah, it's too limiting on abortion. But I would take it even farther. And this is what people understand. You are not a sexual being in essence, okay? You are a sexual being. Why did God make two one? So that God would have children. And God loves children and Holy Spirit loves children. And and when you're coming together and you're doing this one act that they said, here, go and, go and be fruitful, make children. And you're just living in your flesh. You guys know that it's not good to live in your flesh, okay? 
I mean, you're doing this one particular act that's supposed to produce children. And this is why this this book is called How Not to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. It starts with Margaret Sanger. It starts with birth control. It starts with life and love. This Bible right here is all you should need to know what God's plan is for your children. And all of us have 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 had these thoughts that we need to limit life and limit children because of MK Ultra. It is, and MK it is the Ultra. same spirit that came upon those who worship Malek. So why did they put the children through the fire to worship Malek? It was usually their firstborn child. Yeah, well, so it gave them power. It it gave them power and it gave them economic stability. Mm-hmm. So they tell you in today's day and age, enjoy yourselves. Don't start having children too soon. You don't want to. You you don't want to be stuck financially. Well, actually, the Hebrew culture has it right because you're right. You don't want to be stuck. We rush into marriage and then try to figure things out later. Right. And so what we're trying to say and what God is trying to say in the Hebrew culture, Jason, Doctor Jason was telling us this. That the re, like when they said Mary was engaged and it was like a marriage, so it is mar- it is marriage and there's a contract and there's a covenant and you are married but you don't sleep together because and you don't live together because children would start so immediately when there's an engage that when there's a, a an engagement a that's betrothal. like a marriage a yeah. betrothal the man begins to build the home the bride's parents begin to bring animals. And when that man is stable and ready to provide, the marriage is consummated and children come because in the Hebrew culture, in the Hebrew culture of the Bible, okay, everybody's looking for the children, the children, the children. And you know why? One of those reasons is you would never stop up the sea because you don't know if you're going to birth the Messiah. That's a good point. Okay, so, and that's not just the only reason, Right. So go ahead. But meaning it was completely unfathomable yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, guys, I, I understand that this is probably making your brain go on tilt. tilt. Wait a minute. I was MK Ultraed. I was brainwashed. And then and now I, I even saw somebody in the chat earlier and they were like, um, oh my gosh, what have we done? Okay. Oh, praise God. So that's a good place to start. Praise God. And then you say, What did the devil make us do? And then we go hard after that. Okay, and this is the crazy part is that some of you are stuck financially because you'll take some of God's blessings, but not all of them. And when you read Deuteronomy 8 and Deuteronomy 28, he says, blessed will you be in the womb. And if you're cursing your wife's womb and you're literally having an act and you're like, please don't make a life, please don't make a life. Then you are speaking death into your wife's body and we wonder why we are sick. That's good. This is spell casting. Yeah. This is a pretty interesting piece here because there's a ton of it going on. And and the spell casting piece is huge. I mean, I, I need to just kind of back up because I'm getting Brad wrote me. Oh, dear. And, and, yeah. Oh, dear. So. Because I know because he's limited his children. No, that's no, no not okay, at all. Good. It's Thank it's you, it, Jesus. It's, uh, it's it's the piece here that I, I understand what he's saying. And there's because he's talking about the gift of intimacy. Oh sure, and, and that he, he's wanting to address in the yeah. principle of this the sexual in, in interaction of two people in the mm-hmm. gift of intimacy, which I agree. And yeah, absolutely. We, and we agree with that. What we're talking about here are the decisions that are being made that are yeah. shaping. And I'm going to go back to this because I'm standing firm on this. Mm-hmm. When you start mainstreaming an idea of doing things like a vasectomy, mm-hmm. you're fundamentally changing the direction of the way a man operates in the world. 
you're changing from the intimacy and the knowing that oh. you will create children to a function of being one who seeks only pleasure in flesh. That's not the same. The intimacy comes, and, and I love you, Brad, and I don't know which way you're, you're going with this, so I hope you're going with this. The intimacy comes in the giving and the receiving and the gift. As a woman, the desire of every godly woman, and I will tell you this, is to have as many children as God sees fit. And the desire of her husband and the intimacy is loving the essence of who God has created your wife to be. It's not a mechanical act. It's God created a woman to receive a seed and God created a man to create. And then I have the, the love that I've really seen is when couples say, hey, do you want to make a baby? Do you want to make a baby? Do you want to create life? And when a man holds that child to limit the gift, does God limit children? He wants more children and more children and more children. And when you look at the Cantrell kids and you can't imagine this world without every single one of them, because I will tell you something, every single one of those kids at this event, and this was a blessing for us all to see. I was praying for people to get deliverance, for demons to be cast out. And I'm telling you something. There would be there will be some people that are that would not be in heaven if it weren't for some of these Cantrell kids. They have stepped into the calling, and Paul and Christine grasped this intimacy. And I guess I guarantee you that Paul and Christine are incredibly intimate, and they and they love each other at a at a level that I don't think people do. Because when you love your wife's fertility and you love your husband's seed and you're like I'm look at this look at this child that's my husband and that's me and there's another one and there's another one and there's another one and there's another one and it's blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing and you're saying to God stop with the blessings no one says to God stop with the blessings and we have a testimony from John and Stacy because John and Stacy were economically had some economic hardships she was going to have a tubal ligation they scraped her they scraped her uterus they did the deed right the morning of and they thought that the, the scraping would happen and they got pregnant and what was this which one was that um, I'm gonna miss which kid it was Gregory Gregory and Gregory hates to tell this story and why does Gregory hate the story? Because he wasn't wanted, and he and he was he wasn't wanted, and 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 John and Stacy when they realized that they that they didn't want, at, there was a point in their lives where they didn't want Gregory. They were like, but no, we want Gregory. He's here, and you're not an accident, and and you're purposeful, and we love you, and and trying to convince a child that they're supposed to be here when you tried. She says, if it was if it was sooner, she would have had an abortion. She would have killed this this child that she grew to love. And there are many people who, who are totally agree that abortion is sin and totally agree that abortion is murder, okay? And, and we can have the, the discussion on some birth control is, is, is also abortion, okay? But the intimacy comes in the, the, the essence of why God created marriage, why he created family. And it wasn't just to give two people— well, to, be, to have something. a sexual desire fulfilled. I want to add two something people. to this because I know we're springing this show on you, Brad. And normally we we bring Brad in on a lot of these kinds of things, so we're springing it on. We you. barely brought in Brian, right? So we're like, here's the deal: this show. I'm going to guess that most married couples get intimacy. Mm-hmm. I don't need to preach intimacy. <laughs> I don't need to preach to anyone the benefits of intimacy between your spouse. Y'all got it. 
So tonight, we're not going to talk about that because honestly, the only the only place that it fits is with what Leah just said in this context in this conversation is that you will actually never be more intimate with your spouse than when you come together to have sex to produce a child. You, your intimacy because will never be stronger. Is than you're in that valuing moment. the purpose of right. that of your of your but spouse's this isn't body. But, the, but tonight's show isn't about that because if if if, if in tonight's show we focus on that. It's we're already too weighted on the side of we just have sex because we need each other and because we're close and it makes us one and and we we are just becoming so great together and all that. Everybody gets that. They've got it and they've taken it way too far to the point where now we don't need it's all about that and not about having children. So we're not going to throw the weight on that side tonight, although it is it is still a valid thing. That's correct. I mean, I, I think this is the whole point here, and, I, and I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to budge on this. I mean, I, because I've walked a path that others haven't. Okay, yeah. but when we start to, when we start to take away, and, and this is where the root the down is, is consequence and accountability. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what the birth control methods do is it, re, it strips away the consequence and accountability. Right. And so what it does. Thank you. Right. This is the core of it. That's and, it. And, and so I don't agree, in any capacity. That somehow that um, when we start to talk about, and to your point, Michelle, intimacy is integral into that process. But when you step away from in, when consequence and, and accountability, then what you have done is you've changed the fundamental nature of a relationship. I've went through three of these, okay, and I will t- excuse me, I will tell you that it changes fundamentally. And where's the root? And this is where we're going to go back to. Because once you start to objectify the woman, okay, and that begins, by the way, with porn, and you start to change the nature of the intent of the relationship, and the relationship isn't built on spiritual foundations, it's built on sexual desire, and then you're going to propel that further by taking away the consequence and accountability of intimacy and sex, yeah. You have now completely objectified to a sexual way the relationship, and guess what? I can prove it because I've lived it. It will fail. There you go. And so yeah. that's the bottom line. There, and, and this is the whole point of this is when we're at the root of this. At the root of this, our whole principle here tonight yeah. is to discuss the family restoration. Yeah. If you're going to f- restore the family in the place of kingdom, yeah, and we are going there it's very simple that the only way to do this is we have to start undoing some of the things that were done the motivations for each of these mainstreaming of ideas has been fundamentally to change the nature of the family yeah and to change the relationship in the family so it doesn't center around god yeah and and then we start to see this objectification how it, it flows out and these other consequences of the diminishing of life yeah and we see this across a broad spectrum. I'm not going to get into an individual relationship. Mm. That's y'all stuff to do. Okay. And, and I mean this, how you execute your intimacy is not my business, but here's where it is real is on a broad spectrum of a society. If you think right now that we are a society that values children, then let me give you some, some things to think about. The Supreme court overturned, Roe versus Wade, and mm-hmm. there is more abortion going on now than there was before. Yeah. We have 700,000 children that go missing every year that yeah. we don't really care about. 
because somehow they're lost and there's, there's traffic to wait. And where do they go? Mm-hmm. They go to the most horrific places you can be. We are the largest market for child pornography in the world. Yeah. So I don't need to be telling somebody mm-hmm. about intimacy because I hate to tell you, but intimacy has now been translated in this yeah. world because God has left the family to sitting in front of a TV screen, watching kitty porn and getting yourself off. Mm-hmm. Right. So the deal here tonight is we're centered around and I'm, I'm fairly hot about this topic because I'm, I've walked it. Yeah. Okay. And been damaged by it. And so the principle of intimacy right now that we're talking about is where the center point of intimacy is in the function of the relationship in the family. Mm-hmm. And if, and that is when you are, when you look at the controls, which I think is a great model, they're the yeah. best. They have found incredible intimacy and joy in a growing and expanding family. And I use them just because we saw their ministry. We saw how they functioned. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful family. And I'm not using them as a gold standard, but in a sense they are. And it's something that, and they're blessed. But mm-hmm. it's not a family that's put a constraint on things. Economically, they're in no better shape than anybody else. And I know that for a fact with talking to Paul. Right. I mean, they're, yeah. they're stretched. And that's fine, but they will continue to pursue as they go. Yeah. So... This place that we're talking about is restoration, and that began with a simple understanding of of my personal testimony to how it had affected my life and my family, which was negative, completely negative across time. And that's a destructive element that happened, started with a few images that changes an entire perspective of the way a child grows to an adult that then functions in the world. Yeah. So can you put this blog, um, Michelle, when you get a chance... Um, I have, I have, I, I've written a whole thing. We did, a, we did a whole thing on, let me just go over some of these. We did a whole thing called Margaret Sanger birth control and population or Margaret Sanger. You just have to wait. Well, just uh, tell them which episodes it is. It's um, companion blog, revelation, red pill episode 25. And we'll put it in there. Margaret Sanger, eugenics and population control. You are a cog in someone else's system. You are a pawn, a piece in someone else's game. Communism is the disease of the East. Progressivism is the disease of the West. If you want to find out exactly what ails this nation, it's not so much the anarchist teachings of the radical communists, but their more powerful, more organized, wealthy elite cousins, the progressives. Progressives disguise themselves as the helpers of mankind. They are the Bill and Melinda Gates who rob the poor and then control them through a favorite sleight of hand termed philanthropy. People who have made millions are either scamming, charging too much, or not paying their employees enough. They likely make deals with bankers and post Federal Reserve. Uh, they are issuing monopoly money to make more monopoly money. Where does Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood fit in the globalist agenda, and how do eugenics tie into the end times? Follow the breadcrumbs. Darwin and Darby, a loss of solid theological foundation in favor of the new, the extraordinary, the discovery of new ideas give way to mysticism, Mormonism, Seventh-day Adventist, Darwinism, evolution, Darbyism, and their prophecy conferences. Deuteronomy 28 says, And all these blessings shall overcome you and be upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord. You'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. And it goes on. And the Lord shall make you to have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body. Do you have a surplus if you have one or two? That is not a surplus of your livestock. If you're going to have cattle, do you limit them to one or two? Population control is a myth. And there were there were some more that I had written. They had I had tears in my eyes when I recognized that people were were killing children 
And there was an act called in 1873, and it was the Comstock Act. And many of you don't know, there's a little statue in New York City, and it's a girl, and she actually represents a child saying, let me live. And that's why the left spray paints this child, because it's a pro-life statue, and it's against birth control. And that's why Planned Parenthood hates that statue. And at one point, New York City outlawed birth control, outlawed mm. sodomy, outlawed cohabitation. And it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And, and this is the, the horde of demons that have gotten and the doctrine of demons that has got into the church. And the church is teaching a doctrine of demons mm -hmm. and they're limiting life. And that's why that is one of the major reasons why we lose because we're actually making compacts with devils yeah, and demons are. and the doctrines of demons. And if you don't understand your history, if you don't understand where things come from, if you, and, and this, I think almost every single person went with us when we did this revelation red pill, because the way we framed it was don't, we didn't frame it as the blessings of children. Actually, we didn't frame it as, um, uh, you, you need to have as many kids as you possibly can. The way I framed it, and I think that that's the same thing with like pornography is look who started this and are they good guys? We had what no, what are their motives and what are their motives? We had no birth control. People didn't limit children. It was illegal to sell. It was actually illegal. Comstock law made it illegal to, to sell contraceptions or um, information the through the mail. And Margaret Sanger was actually, she fled the country because they were going to arrest her under the Comstock laws. And so when you recognize the bad guys, and if you're siding with the bad guys, you're on the wrong side of history. Yep. Well, and I want to hit on this a little bit as you guys are listening. And I, I have a, a pretty good feeling based on the comments in the chat that you guys are going with us. And I'm really glad and I'm very, very proud of you. But you need to know something that every single time Leah and I bring this up or have brought it up. There's always the demons that go screaming that say, don't get in my bedroom. This is between my husband and myself. And societally, that has historically not been true for Western civilization. Yeah. And we call, I like that word, civilization. Yeah. Okay. And it's like Leah said, it's nowhere in the Bible that you should shut up your seed. Yeah. Nowhere in the Bible that you should limit having children. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior. So are the children of one's youth. You would want as many arrows as possible. If you're a warrior, you wouldn't want to limit. Hey, I, you know what, God, just give me two arrows. I'm good. Well, how many people are you going to take out with your two arrows? Okay, this is literally anti-Christ and anti-biblical because when we get people saved, as we expand the kingdom of God, as we bring people into the fold, there is no limit to that. There, God does not say, you know what? I don't want that other child today. Okay, and we are the representation of that here on this earth. And what's more, what's more? People that say, but God wants me to have control of how many children that I have. God has given us wisdom. God's given us wisdom to do these things. You know what? That's a bunch of bunk because I pray before I go to the Dagum grocery store. I ask God, why? Because I may have a divine encounter. I want God to control every step in every area of my life. And yes, God has given us wisdom. And even if that means you don't have children. And even if that means you don't have children. This is Margaret Sanger. While I personally believe in the sterilization of the feeble-minded, the insane, and the syphilic, there was a lot of syphilis back then, 
I have not been able to discover that these measures are more than superficial deterrence when applied to the constantly growing stream of the unfit. They are excellent means of meeting a certain phase of the situation, but I believe in regard to these, as in regard to other eugenic means, that they do not get to the bottom of the matter. Eugenics without birth control seems to us a house built upon the sands. It is at the mercy of the rising stream of the unfit. We must stop our national habit, habit of human waste. By all means, there should be no children when either mother or father suffers from such diseases as tuberculosis, gonorrhea, syphilis, cancer, epilepsy, disorders, or any of the like. This is the woman that went around to push birth control. She said, I think the greatest sin in the world, the greatest sin in the world, by the way, is bringing children into the world that have disease from their parents that have no chance in the world to be a human being practically, delinquents, prisoners, all sorts of things, just marked when they're born. That, to me, is the greatest sin that people can commit. And these, and she was the one, and, that, and, and I'm telling you, that was spellcasting. And she spoke it, and she actually spoke that forth uh, in 1957 in a Mike Wallace interview. And what it does is some people would cringe and they would hate it, and that, that's wrong. But it was a seed planted, and this is demonic. And we must remove these demonic words that say children are a burden or that children born to alcoholics. You know what I've seen? I've seen some of the most wonderful preacher come from children of, of prostitutes. I thought you were going to say alcoholic. Or alcoholics. <laughs> you know, God has a, a call on every single person. She said the campaign for birth control is not merely of a eugenic value, but is practically identical to the ideal of the final aims of eugenics. The most urgent problem today is how to limit and to discourage the overfertility of the mentally and physically defective. Possibly drastic and Spartan methods may be forced upon society if it continues complacency to encourage the chance in chaotic breeding that has resulted from our stupidly cruel sentimentalism. Don't kill the babies. It's like, like killing the puppies. We gotta kill the puppies. She's a, she's a puppy killer. You're too sentimental. You know, so today we had an issue. We had a dog that killed a, a chicken. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And, and it's never, it's human error. Dogs, we knew that this dog has killed a chicken before. We thought all the chickens were up. One chicken hopped back out of the coop and the dog got the chicken. And Scott was here for this. Yeah. Yes. So I asked Scott very quickly if he had a knife because the chicken was beyond repair, but I wanted to put it out of its misery. So we put it in the kill cone and we take care of the chicken. Yeah. It, it And then Scott helped me actually butcher it. I scalded yeah. it and I plucked it and then we gutted it and it's ready to eat tomorrow. Um, we're not going to let it go to waste. But when you talk about this sentimentalism, they are now saying that you... It is this kind of the same thing. I don't want to kill the chicken. It's too sentimental or whatever. S Margaret Sanger is is reducing the having of children to the sentimentality of not wanting to kill a chicken. Well, and to your sterilization is what you're talking about. It now remains for the United States government to set a sensible example to the world by offering a yearly bonus pension to all obviously unfit parents who allow themselves to be sterilized by harmless and scientific means. In this way, the moron and the disease would have no posterity to inherit the, uh, their unhappy condition. This is like a legit satanic person, by the way. We must ask the government to first take off the burdens of the insane and the feeble-minded off your backs. Sterilization is the remedy. She actually called for Congress to set up a parliament of population, among whose tasks would be to include to applied a stern and rigid policy of sterilization and segregation 
those if you didn't if you were not be sterilized will segregate you so you can't have you, you don't want to have any kids and to that grade of population whose progeny is already tainted if you have a bad limb this is stinger yeah um or or whose inheritance is such that objectionable traits may be transmitted to the offspring and to give certain dysgenic groups in our population their choice of segregation or sterilization that's just all the point here is that we've mainstreamed a concept at its very root. It's always been about eugenics. And it's been about ultimately curtailing the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I mean, it, it allows for the extended perversion mm-hmm. of our own sexual practices in this world. Yeah. Because once you step into that, the non the function, the function and purpose of intercourse being purely for pleasure yeah. of the flesh, then you are unlimited in a society to where you will arrive. We're basically in the era of Rome's decadence yeah. right now, where yeah. everything is, we have such a hedonistic way that we are currently living with a level of sexual debauchery that is beyond scope. Yeah, We are watching children being mutilated and parents saying it's okay. Why? Yeah. So there's a question. Right at the question, what and we can say MK Ultra and propaganda, but let's let's get really to the core of it. That child came from them, mm-hmm. but the thing is that when you change a perspective in a society where you're starting to curtail that your the, the child it becomes your choice, not a gift from God, because you also have the choice to curtail it from coming into the world, and so what happens there is you lose the purpose and value of kingdom of the child itself, and the child then becomes just a thing. Yeah. That is now being embraced in the society where it says, I want to be a girl. And mm-hmm. you say, okay, you were born a boy. Yeah. There's no connection to the creation. Yeah. It's simply a function of sex mm-hmm. and an outcome and byproduct product of what you've selected. You've devalued and dehumanized the outcome, which is the creation, which you've devalued and dehumanized it as a product of just sex. So there's no true life essence to it that you're representing in the home. So I have something I want to say to this because this is this is very very important here, guys. Because you just said something in very Brad Cummings way of, and thank you for summing that up. Because I, as you were speaking, I'm like, I hope he'll say this, and then you did. But you said something that caused me to go, even my own head go on tilt. Consider this: we all see the absurdity at an idea that says you can choose your gender. Oh. There you go. What if we go back to the idea that it used to be absurd that you could choose whether you were to have a child or not when you had sexual relations? It was absurd. Can I give you a little timeline on that? So 1914, in her radical journal, The Woman Rebel, Margaret Sanger instructs women on time it would be wise for them to avoid pregnancy. 1915, Anthony Comstock dies and his anti-birth control law remains entrenched. In March, a New York City group of women from the National Birth Control League form Planned Parenthood. 1916, Sanger returns to New York. She's going to face trial for promoting birth control, by the way. So 100 years ago, Margaret Sanger and anybody do, anybody promoting birth control would have been put in jail. Okay, she, The charges are dropped, but she continues to challenge the Comstock laws and brazenly launches a new publication dedicated to her calls, The Birth Control Review. Now, let me explain. Now, how do you tell me that the woman who starts the birth control movement in America, that suddenly Jesus says, oh, she's got some things that are right. <laughs> you know, she didn't. She wasn't all bad is what I'm saying. That maybe Jesus says, 
you know, Margaret Sanger, she may be in hell, but maybe she's not. Maybe she's not. If according to the church, if she's the one that created birth control and y'all are using birth control and you're limiting births, then you births, then you must come to maybe maybe the birth control part of the, the she got a revelation from God, but the abortion part was from the devil. Right. Maybe that was it. I I, I doubt it. So um, at later that year, Sanger and her sister and a friend opened the first. The first birth control in 1916, the first birth control clinic in America in Brooklyn, New York, for the first time in American history, for the first time in American history, women received organized instruction, not pills, instruction. Um, after, because the pills were illegal. After 10 days in New York City, her her just telling people about it, her the, the building was raided under the vice squad and shut down. The women are arrested for instructing other women on times where it would be um, uh, and times when they family planning. Yes. Family planning. So this is do not have sex with your spouse during certain times to limit birth. So that in and of itself, what came so from Margaret women Sanger, are, women are arrested and all the condoms and diaphragms are confiscated in New York city. So they did have New York city and diaphragms though. So it's not so, just family planning. Yeah. So, so for many years prior to the advent of modern birth control, families did not generally try to take this into, um, and then in, into their own hands. And I just wanted you guys to to know that uh, that that was in 1965. It was Griswold versus Connecticut. And this it. is this is a Supreme Court ruling that wasn't even ruled constitutionally. Right. And after our current Supreme Court last year overturned Roe v. Wade on 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 the on the basis that it was decided wrongfully under the under privacy of the Constitution. Then uh, they were afraid, and the left is afraid, and, and there's a whole articles on this, that the left is terrified that the Supreme Court is going to go after Griswold versus Connecticut from 1965. The Supreme Court invalidated a Connecticut law that made it a crime to use birth control devices or to advise anyone on their use. It was actually a crime to advise people on their use. The court, the court applied the due process clause of the 14th Amendment to incorporate Bill of Rights protection to the states. In doing so, it found Connecticut law unconstitutional because it violated the right to privacy within marriage, a right that's not actually listed in the Constitution. And so the left is article after article after article because they are afraid that this pro-life Supreme Court will revisit Griswold and overturn birth control 1965 1965 less than 100 years ago birth control was illegal and we have to wonder who was the one pushing for birth control are we on their side of hugh hefner are we on the side of margaret Sanger? why are we on their side and when you begin to understand and this is the same thing with pornography it's not enough to say it's great to have pure eyes and it's great to go into a marriage all holy and righteous and all these different things no, the demons were behind. Who was behind the pornography? Look who the Alfred Kinsey's who used pedophile, pedophiles to say that children were sex, se- sexual. When you see the, the, the bad guy behind the curtain, you don't touch it. Right. It's, it's, uh, this is ultimately what we're getting into. I'm reading a lot of comments. There's a lot of mixed reviews coming up right now. And that's fine. I mean, I'm, and that's part of these discussions because... The point of these sort of discussions is it should shake it up. Yeah. These topics have become highly centralized and they have been accepted as mainstream. Yeah. And when we really are talking about restoring, and I've said this so many times, is that if you think that restoring is going to come through politics, you're being foolish. Mm -hmm. 
if we're going to restore a nation in terms of, the only way to restore this nation is in terms of values mm -hmm. and morals. Right. And if we're not going to address some of these issues and have the discussions that may make people uncomfortable, many people may not agree. That's mm -hmm. okay. But we've, we're opening a box on a series of discussions that, frankly, have just become normalized and mainstream. And you don't know what you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So if we roll back and we take, we take this discussion and we were to put it in context of, say, 1940, what we'd be talking about right now would be, it'd be bizarre that we would even be discussing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It would be bizarre. Yes. Right. So we get into the 60s and we look at the debate in the 60s around the sexual revolution and how it really was running against the grain of society. By the time we get to the 70s, it becomes more normalized. And this is, again, how the incremental war against humanity works. So the, the issue here is, and, and I, because I'm not all one that believes, and I, I truly don't believe that we have arrived at some sort of higher level of understanding in a lot of things. I think we've degenerated in a lot of ways mm -hmm. over time, particularly when we get into the concepts of imagery, uh, technology, right? And the saturation of those in our homes. Mm -hmm. Parents were, would, I mean, just, I'll just take a simple example. I, it's appalling to me that we are, that these books in the, in the school are there. I respect every parent that has stood up to the sexualization of kids in public school. Yeah. The question I've always had, continue to have, is why are these books even there? Mm -hmm. Why isn't that? Why aren't the What's parents? The well, why are the parents not storming the buildings to tear it down? Mm -hmm. If you had taken back in my grandfather's day, it would not have lasted. Mm -hmm. So all of this in the scope of things that we're touching on in many different areas is we are talking about the deconstruction, the deconstruction. of a society which the main war has been waged, a primary element of the war, let's put it that way, has been waged through the sexual, sexual warfare in this country. Restore the ancient past. And that's Jeremiah 616. And we, to go back, we're going to have to reconsider things. So if you, as an example... If there was rules put in today that would roll us back to 1940s or 1920s, mm -hmm. it would be as many Christians as liberals that would be screaming bloody murder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the point that we're trying to get <laughs> at. You just said bloody murder. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should be screaming bloody murder. Yeah. So there, there, would be, there would be people screaming for injustice because yeah. they are not willing to look back. If you stripped away abortion in this country, if we really did it, mm -hmm. There would be an outcry from many in the ranks of the there Christian movement, are. right? This that this is, is not, yeah. this isn't right. So, I don't know where we arrive, and I think that when people have these when we have these discussions, because you come in, you come in, I come in, we have hard opinions, as is expected. It provokes response, which is exactly as it should, and so to have somebody assume that their way is the right way in this discussion, I rebuke that 100% because it's not a way of getting something or not getting something. Yeah, it's not it's a point of having a discussion about something in a very viscerally destructive topic, which happens to be sex. Yeah. Okay. And that topic. And a very, it's a very personal topic. Yes. Mm -hmm. And people don't like the idea that maybe they made the ra the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a hard. Or they're making or, it. Or, and it's a hard thing because you spent so much time coming to this conclusion and now you're having to rework it in your so, mind. So I, I read a comment earlier as an example, right? We've had a few shows together and, I, and we were joking at the beginning. I literally had a few people pull out a chat tonight because 
they don't like the fact that this used to be a narrative show. This was one comment, and now we're having a debate, a discussion. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, so it's I've, just a uh, special. We don't actually live right, but near it's, each it's other. irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I bring on guests, and we're having a different format of discussion than the previous way. And we're having an interactive discussion on a topic that we're actually both very passionate about. Uh-huh. Okay, and so my point is that there's a disruptive element that I always support in any place that if we don't disrupt a conversation, we aren't going to get to another solution. Right. If we don't present a position to pivot from, you're never going to have a position to pivot to. Mm-hmm. And so the, the problem that we end up having in these discussions, if they become so reified and people entrench themselves yeah. and they don't listen anymore. Yeah. Okay. So I read a comment above about how a decision was having to be made by somebody's husband to get a vasectomy mm-hmm. because they were having trouble with abortions. Okay. We're not talking about that tonight. Miscarriages? Miscarriages? Just, just what, they had some yeah. carry, carry problems, yeah. okay? We're not talking about that tonight. Right. We're not talking about medical solutions for a consequence to make sure things are okay between a couple because right. we're back to the same thing. We never addressed the given intimacy in a couple. We're talking mm-hmm. about other issues. So, so I want to address that that specific comment because I took it to Dr. Reverend Dad, Dr. Jason, that you now know. Um, and I asked him, what do we say to people who are saying these, these exact, we have to have a vasectomy because otherwise I'm going to die because I can't carry a child and, I, and we keep having miscarriages and all this, that, and the other. You're starting from a wrong perception. Like the, your starting point is is wrong, Okay. First and foremost, it's kind of circular reasoning. When we come at sex in the wrong way, A, we're opening up a door. Number, number two, a lot of times things can be fixed nutritionally that will stop that. They can be fixed physically that will stop that. That's what Jason told me. You're trying then, to use the outlier to prove a rule. And, but not, no, not just that. And that is, that is very valid, by the way. And Jason did say that. Um, the exception to prove the rule or something like that. What I'm saying is the answer to fix a physical problem like that is first and foremost spiritual, right? Because if we have illness, sin and sickness always go together, whether it's your sin, sin that was done to you, outward sin that you don't even know where it's at. It may not be your personal sin, but there, but something that is sinful or evil from an outside force is causing a sickness. That's the same. And we have to address, whether it's a memory or something like that, like childhood trauma, there's a lot of things that we can do. And, and, and a sneak peek, we may be unrolling a clinic type facility where Dr. Reverend Dad can help you guys who are in those he situations. He already does. And consults. he already does do that, okay? Um, you can go to the kingdomhealingcommunity.com, kingdomhealingcommunity.com, and, and talk to, to, to Jason about this. He has answers for you that do not end in vasectomy or getting your tubes tied. Okay? I, just, I, I, I feel like if people could just grasp for one moment where we were at in history, and then maybe see that what is the fruit. So prior to 1965, you had every written or printed card, letter, circular, book, pamphlet, or advertisement, or any notice of any kind giving information directly or indirectly on how or by what means contraception or conception may be uh, prevented would be uh, fined by $5,000 or imprisonment of five years. 23 states... Prior to 1965, made it a crime to publish or advertise contraception information. 
uh, 22 states included in their prohibition drugs and instruments for the for prevention of conception. Now, the and 11 states made it a crime to have in one's possession any instrument of contraception. And 14 states made it a crime to tell anyone where or how contraception, contraception knowledge may be acquired. And let me explain something. Scott, these are all the common laws. Right, this common law. And I think that's important to say because it's the root common law, by the way, as Jaron Jackson is working and we will continue to work with him, is tied directly to Bible and biblical. So it's, it's really important to appreciate that. And, I, and it's so, I mean, it's this important point because if you're going to go common law, mm-hmm. you're going to go back to biblical framework. Mm-hmm. And there still be, will be these debates. Mm-hmm. But is the thing that I, I really put, have to give a lot of thought to lately, and, I, and I'm going to challenge everybody out there to think about this, and it's always the same principle of be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's really so good. here's the deal. You want a country that is going to be biblically driven. Mm-hmm. You're going to give up a whole bunch of stuff that you've been conveniently accustomed to. Wow. Okay? Wow. Wow. All right. And, and you're going to have to strip it. Yeah. So it is a choice. The choices are going to change. The risk that we change, we, the risk that we walk when we go down this path we are being attacked by a, a dog that wants to sit on a lap. Um, the risk that we run in this is is fundamentalism, which is religion, and extremism, which is going to come out about from a religion. And wisdom in the middle of this is going to be very important, but there's still the biblical center of what we're trying to achieve. So let me just throw a wild card here, because I think it's worth looking at, and I want people to consider this. We are in a massive birth decline in this nation. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. We're about 2.3. Yeah. If we hit any lower, the society goes into a permanent spiral and will not recover. Japan right. is having that problem right now. They're right. about 1.7 and right. they're dying off. Okay. If you suddenly change the rules and said, for the sake of society, you can no longer have vasectomies, you can no longer have birth control. And yes, this isn't even biblical. I've got news for you. This is to save a world. Right. How many people would lose their mind? And I'm going to tell you a whole bunch. Yeah. Because in that model, which is purely set up on a corporate model, which is to literally have the world being ruled by governance, the decision is made to save a world because birth control is in a t- terminal spiral. And the only way to do it is to not only have to take away the things that prevent birth, but then you could have mandated a number of births, completely opposite of what China was in the one-child policy, okay? And China's already suffering from that. So I'm pointing these things out because these topics of this concept of free will, which is uh, everything in our world is free will. Unfortunately, now I'm going to jump into this even a different way because I'm just throwing out these points for people to consider tonight, as we all are. When you take free will and you start working into the realms that we're talking about, and that leads ultimately to where we are, and it is a form, whether it's pornography, whether it's, it's, it's the vasectomy, yeah. okay? These at the root are stripping away the principle and function of what the man's role is here, right. yeah. okay? And it's destroying that, and we are spellcasting ourselves into another reality that is truly anti-biblical. Yeah. So... My statement to go full circle back tonight, because I really I want to touch on this, and I and I, what I, I would, 
and I, if you want, if you have more things I'll sing or do, but I want to, I want to kind of go back to the root of where we started the show tonight. I do too. I was actually yeah. going to go to um, some uh, church church his, history and be and go to eighty seventy. Before we get there, I want to just comment real quick, very quickly, um, guys. At least for me, for my from where I'm standing right now, I don't, I don't really want to see any comments in the comment section that say. Well, you can't just go outlawing all this stuff. Guys, we can talk about changing the laws on this later. How about we change your heart? That is first and foremost. I don't care about changing the laws. And Scott, you pretty much just said that a second ago. But this is really, this is really, really important for you guys to get. I'm not saying let's go ahead and change the laws. Maybe I will at some point. But today, for right now... Dr. Reverend Dad, I hope he doesn't mind that I'm saying this. Jason, he's had a vasectomy. He's repented. John and Stacy, they had their tubes tied. They've repented. Um, Sam and, and, and Mark, they've had a vasectomy. They've repented, right? If we don't start and turn, and I said to Scott, today you're going to start the vasectomy revolution, the reverse <laughs> vasectomy revolution, which is why we decided to call it the family revolution, because reverse vasectomy revolution doesn't come out of the tongue very easily, and it sounds a little weird. <laughs> Okay, but that's what this is. And I want to see emails from all y'all that are like, you know what? I'm convicted. We're doing this. We're saving up our money. You talk to Dr. Aaron and Putty. You're going to get into that maybe a little bit later. But guys, here's the deal. It's a heart issue to save society. Stop getting you. What's happening? And this happens every single time when you start doing deliverance or inner healing or bringing something to somebody. They will come at you with every possible excuse for why not to address the real issue of the fact that you want to take life and death in your hands and you want to stop up and you want to have control and you don't want God to have control. And Scott, you said something that is so huge today. You said the man is the bearer of the seed. Guys. I don't really think that anybody in this chat on this one argument alone can argue with me. If you have a seed, what is the intent of the seed? Do you remember the the movie Speed and that guy with the wild eyes is like, what is the intent of the bomb <laughs> to explode? Well. You did that very well. What is the intent of the seed? What is the intent of the seed? And if, if, if God designed your body, Scott Kesterson, to go into your future wife someday to, to plant a seed inside of her and you say no, then you have, you have stripped away the fundamental purpose of that act. It, like, seriously, if you plug in a vacuum and it doesn't suck, is it a vacuum? <laughs> no! It's okay. That's I'm done. Thank you. So um, there's a document called the the Diachi, and it was written in AD 70. And this would have been around the time um, when the Apostle John was definitely alive. And it says, you shall not practice birth control. You shall not murder a child by abortion, nor shall you kill what is begotten. And so going back into church history, sometimes it's important to just go and see what for all of time— what did the church believe? What did Christians believe? How did they view this? And since Jesus came and, and, and talking about the laws on birth control, I'm actually just giving you a history because right now, like Scott said, try to, the, the constitution was made only for religious and moral people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You can't legislate morality. You can legislate the outliers. Mm-hmm. And so- Let's go. 
all of society was, was schooled and trained according to the word of God. And so they knew certain things, the laws of nature, nature's God revealed to them the truth. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they legislated those things that were outside of the laws and the, law, the laws of nature, nature's God. And they put those things on the books as guardrails yeah. for those who would stray from the will of God. And so it's not like, well, I want to do this and let's, and you're going to stop me. And I'm like, no, you went to public school. You, your parents probably went to public school and they taught you to get a career. Mm -hmm. They taught women to go to college and get a career. The federal reserve makes it so that you have to have two incomes. You have the, the property taxes, everything's so expensive, but why? Why? And the question is why? And what Scott and Michelle and I are sitting here to tell you is that Holy Spirit and what we ask tonight, and I will ask Holy Spirit, I ask you to convey to the people mm. your message on children. With that. I was thinking that earlier. Holy Spirit, you gave us a message today. And this is a hard message for people's minds to grasp. And so I would just ask you all just to say, Holy Spirit, Speak to me on children tonight. Yes. And Holy Spirit, please let every word of ours come from you. And may our spirit speak to your spirit, what God's Holy Spirit. And we were talking about the feminine of the Holy Spirit. And the feminine of the Holy Spirit says, I want to nurture children. I want to love children. And the feminine of the Holy Spirit says in the body, she, she, and Brad Cummings, there's a shack. He can be like, yeah, she um, wants more children. And she is what was is what was speaking to us today, saying, release this message mm-hmm. and release the children in my body. In the body of Christ, she is mourning the loss of her children as these marriages that have been made in heaven have come together And she comes to you and she says, let me give you a child because children come from God, by the way, Mm -hmm. and souls come from God. Mm -hmm. So he he says, if you're going to do this act that I created for children, let me give you this child. And, and the very act in your thought is not so much about the child. It's the grieving of Holy spirit and saying, Holy spirit, we don't want what you want for us. Mm -hmm. And we don't want your gift. It's also, it's like when we're trying to explain to people the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they're like, well, I'll just take it if the Holy Spirit wants me to have it. And I'm like, well, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask amiss. And so the fruit, I just want you guys to just maybe close your eyes and look at where the world was a hundred years ago. That's good. And ask Holy Spirit to show you if the fruit of Margaret Sanger and Alfred Kinsey and eugenics is good. Mm-hmm. And does it display Jesus? And does it display Father? And I am seeing visions of New York City filled with trash and spray paint. And I'm seeing MTV and I'm seeing drug, overdose. drug overdoses all because God can't bless a nation that doesn't value life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the first one is life. 
and life is centered ultimately on the little ones. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. I want to roll back, circle back to the beginning. It's been a long discussion tonight. We're going to close with some prayers here. But where this began was my testimony mm. of how far off we've gotten. We've taken a long journey here tonight. You've heard about Margaret Sanger. We've heard it. We've talked about the choices I made in a vasectomy and the decision to reverse that, not because I want children, because God's asked me to take that step, and I say yes. And I want to hit on this because I think I have the liberty to say this, to help lead other men into this. You're not married. Right. You, you're not even thinking about getting married. You're Correct. thinking about changing the world. Okay. <laughs> much, yeah. But there are men out there who are married. Yeah. And you have been quite literally neutered like a dog. Okay. And your arrows to change the world are the, the possibility of them do, doesn't even exist right well, now. And even if you're past the point in a, in a relationship of having kids, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really getting at this because I understand these decisions, but let me be clear. It's a, it's a deeper piece of maintaining mm -hmm. the spiritualness, the spiritual okay. relationship in, in the, in your relationship. Okay. I'm speaking firsthand from going from before and after it changes. It's just like a couple that is unmarried living together becomes married. It changes. Okay, so if you haven't been through this, you don't know. And I'm speaking, I'm, and if you don't agree, God bless you. Okay, but I'm, taking, I'm expressing a point here that I feel very strongly about. That is a point of shift that we have to start taking back the high ground because ultimately the concept of a generalized vasectomy for no other reason than to do it, to make it, for more, make it so sex is just a thing, changes fundamentally the spiritual nature and, and function of your relationship. I'm going to stand by that. No one's going to convince me otherwise. So the point here is in the shift to do it is to restore something in a kingdom level that is then hopefully will have a reciprocal effect across the flesh. Because as we win and tear down fortresses in, in heavens, we bring that down into the earth. So that said, the ultimate beginning of this today as I said at the beginning, I dedicated this show to my brother, Todd. I love him. I haven't, I don't see him. I don't think I've seen him for 10, 12, 15 years. Okay. We understand that pain. And that pain took me back to a place that I am accountable for before the throne. But in the end, all of the things that we've talked about go to the seed of deconstructing our relationship of intimacy yeah. And destroying the innocence in children. That's right. Okay. And all of these extensions that we've had from that point have grown out to this conversation tonight. So I'm going to reiterate where I began. As a parent, these parents out here, you don't get, you get one shot at this. Okay. And I think you had a lot more latitudes when, in the old world. But today... You don't get those latitudes anymore. Get rid of your appliance, your electronic appliances for your kids. Get them into an environment and wholesome teachings where they have their hands in the earth. They're raising animals. They're growing food. Teach them skills of life. Get them away from the influences of this horrifically pornographic and sexualized culture. The impact and stain that will have on them will destroy 
portions of their intimacy with you as parents, and it will have a life-lasting effect. And it will lead to decisions that create the ability to be entrapped in eugenics concepts to just the demoralization of a relationship. Is that a given? I wouldn't say it's 100%, but it's high unless you can find other ways through it. Mm. So we've gone a lot of ground tonight. Love it. I love these conversations. And I love working with you guys so much because you're impassioned and it provokes conversation and it's as it should. For Bard's Nation, it's super healthy because I have a measured way of presenting things. <laughs> you have an another way of presenting things. It's unmeasured? It's, which is, I don't know. It's pretty measured, pretty researched, no, but go ahead. Well, no, I, I, but it, it's, it's always researched. I think he means tonally. Oh, I, 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 it's oh his is tonally definitely yeah. measured. Yeah. yeah. So, but all of this is important because if we don't have these discussions, we're not going to get to the deeper core of what you've already stated. This is a dis- discussion of the heart, and the heart is the gateway to Father. And if we don't start opening that up and breaking free from the bonds of things that we are willingly or unwittingly being part of, which is an agenda which has been imposed upon us, which has at its center a satanic cult that runs this world, we are not going to break free. Yeah, I agree. So can we, I know um, we're not in a hurry, but um, I mean, we can end whenever, but I do, I would like to sit on and and maybe dig a little bit into something that is a passion of mine, which is what you're talking about here, which is um, children. And there was a question that was posed at Bard's Fest about... How far, you know, controlling your kids or protecting them from these types of things, getting rid of cell phones and so on and so forth. And then the other side, and and I came at it from one angle, which is protect at all costs. And the other side is, well, you want to allow your children to be able to be free to make mistakes, which is a very healthy thing, by the way, to allow your kids to be free to make mistakes. Good point. Okay. There's a difference, though, between allowing your children to make mistakes and handing them a loaded weapon. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Very much. I can give you an example right now. Go ahead. Okay. So a parent goes in and hands their child a cell phone. Okay. You tell yourself that you're going to be able to monitor what the child does. Okay. Because you're going to have, say, a program that tells you where they search. These kids know how to hack them all. Right. But even let's do this. Watch. Because even if they hack them, once they go to that site, this is my point of this, the damage is done. That's right. So as a parent, you monitor and you say, oh, I can find out what my kid's been watching. And you pull it up and then suddenly the damage is done. Right. Okay. You can't undo that. And that's the point of where we begin here. You can't undo it. Right. And what happens from there is is really a bit of a random shot. Depends on how much more is influenced. It depends on how much it consumed the mind of the child. And there is a snowball effect that begins. And it will carry across their lifetime. Ultimately, yes, you can be healed. Yes, you can be forgiven. All of those things. But what's going to happen along the way? Right. You know, um, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Leah. And I know Scott's kind of talking about winding the show down. We don't have to. But I know Leah's eyelids. They speak so many volumes to me after 39 years. And I know the way that she looks. And you have a look on your face that is a, there is something deeper here that you have not gotten out yet that you still need to get so out. So go. You have the floor. So 
when you read some of the church fathers and and what they say about sexuality and relationships, um, Clement of Alexandria from 191, because of its divine institution for the propagation of man, the seed is not to be vainly ejaculated, nor is it to be damaged, nor is it to be wasted. That's Clement of Alexandria 191. Meaning the year one nine one, nine so one. pretty pretty close to Jesus's time. Yes. So it kind of gives us an idea of what the the early church and what what the what what would Jesus do? The, basically, do not vainly. I'm guys because I'm I am the girl that will get in your business. Do not vainly ejaculate your seed. That was the position of the church in the year one hundred and ninety one. To have codis sexual relations other than to procreate children is to do injury to nature. Hippolytus, the refutation of all heresies, AD 225. Women, Christian women with male concubines are actually used to be a thing. On account of their prominent ancestry and great property, the so-called faithful want no children from slaves or low-born commoners. So they use drugs or sterility or bind themselves tightly in order to expel a fetus, which has already been engendered. So it's talking about birth control then and how it was a sin. Some complain, this is from Lactantius Divine Institutes, AD 307. Some complain of the scantiness of their means and allege that they have not enough for bringing up more children, as though in truth their means were in their own power. Mm. Or God did not daily make the rich poor or the poor rich. Wherefore, if anyone on any account of poverty shall be unable to bring up children, it is better to abstain. Oh, well, there's your answer right there, because there's the economics of it. Yeah. The Council of Nicaea, okay, the Council of Nicaea in 8325. If anyone in sound health has castrated himself, it behooves that such a one, if enrolled among the clergy, should cease from his ministry. And that from henceforth, no, no such person should be promoted. But as it is evident that this is said of those who willfully do the thing to presume to castrate themselves. So if any of them be, have been made eunuchs by barbarians or their masters, it, you're not supposed to mess with that down there. You're not supposed to destroy it. You're not supposed to stop it up. And actually in the Bible, it says that, you know, it talks about priests. And if you have damaged goods, you're not supposed to enter into the Holy of Holies. And you you don't want to damage that which God has made whole. And what I would say to this, there is no way in heaven and earth that you can stop transgenderism when you've made yourself one. Ah! Ah! It's good. Whoa. When you're telling children not to cut out their genitals and you have done the same thing. Oh, good, come dude. on. Without repentance. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to say we have to stop there because we've got okay. a bit of an emergency going on. Oh, okay. Um, Patriots, we're going to pray. Okay. I'm just one of our B-dads is in the middle of a Bible study and somebody's having a full-on manifestation and going suicidal. Okay. okay. And then we're going to have to break and we're going to have to get on the phone and, okay. and get Let's help. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right, so Pages, we're going to pray right now. Michelle, why don't you lead? Yeah. 
Dear Heavenly Father, whatever's going on right now, um, we're just going to go straight into that prayer. I just pray that you will um, enter the, the, uh, the, have the Holy Spirit enter this specific situation. We bind and gag Satan from trying to take over this Bible study because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom. I pray that you will enable the people that are there to handle the situation, to know that there are people that are praying around the world right now and everybody that's listening to the sound of our voices to join in one prayer and we will say to this uh, demonic force, we rebuke you and we cast you into the lake of fire. We now have thousands of people right now around the world saying we rebuke you and we cast you into the lake of fire. You have no hold, you have no position and you must be gone, you foul spirit in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for the, the, the family here and I pray that the words spoken here would not bring condemnation or shame but would bring liberty. And if any of our words, Father God, felt a hurt or a sting, yeah. that you would speak to them and you would bring them peace. That everything that you speak is going to confirm what they already know. Yes. Deep inside their soul. And Father God, I pray that these words will go far and wide. And I pray that this family, this Bard's family, will come together. Yes. In unity. And that we will have many more Bard's family children who love God, who walk in integrity and justice. In Jesus' name. Father God, I just want to thank you for this conversation tonight. And as we kind of wrap this up in what is a necessary shift, I want to go back to the beginning. Our prayer tonight is for healing. Yeah. Healing of the family and the family restoration. And so, Father, all that we've placed here in our hearts, we've placed hard positions to promote deep discussions mm. as is necessary. It's basically to, to break the castings around the heart. Yeah. Mm. So, Father, with that, I'm also praying for the healing of my brother. Yes. yes. This is very personal. It has been personal all night. In the midst of all of this and the wild discussions that we've had, we've forgiven testimony, and you've heard my testimony regarding my father, my brother. So, Father, I'm praying and, and asking for the chains to be broken from a past. We're asking for a heart to be unencased and the light of Christ to fill it. We're asking for the healing of a medical condition that you know and can be healed. Yes. And we're asking for a restoration of a man to be able to separate that from a past to once again love in a different yeah. way, to yeah. let go of anger, to raise up, and to be a greater father than he already has. Father, bless him, guide him, anoint his family, yes. protect them. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. 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 Patriots, I want to thank you very much for tonight. Um, we're going to get on the phone here in just a minute, but uh, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, we'll be back at midnight, maybe, uh, for prayers at, at, at uh, Peace Be Still. We'll see how this, this call goes. But until then or until the next time, I guess it's fishers of men, sorry. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward 
by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 